Hey, it's Corpsey, and you are watching and listening to WithoutYourHead.com. I'm going to call it WithoutYourFuckingHead.com. But WithoutYourHead.com, it's shorter. You got to check it out. It's crazy. Girls and Corpses Magazine, I would fucking know. WithoutYourHead.com. Fucking be there. I'm serious. The station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Treacherous Trista. And we're joined by the fine folks of the Deep Ones. We have director Chad Farron. Hello. Robert Miano. Hi. And Sylvia Spross. Hello. Oh, it's good to have Hi. you guys here. Thanks. thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So the movie comes out in, the- in theaters April 23rd and then on digital in June. So everyone knows that's what they say so this <laughs> according to the old ones that's what they've told us right <laughs> that's, <laughs> the, the, that's the sequel the, the new one. <laughs> oh, it is huh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, was there a specific uh lovecraft story that inspired this because you know you mentioned a few different ones in the movie yeah i mean mainly uh shadow over Innsmouth and dagon kind of putting those two together and a little bit of Dunwich Horror. I mean, a lot of his stuff, you know, just reading through, catching up since I was a kid, I hadn't read, you know, when you read his stuff as, a, as an adult, it's a whole new experience. You're able to pick up so many more things and I really enjoyed it so much more. And it was just really exciting to try to implement little things of his into the script and kind of make it work. But the idea came mainly from the beach house that we had as the location. And then the minute you think of ocean and beach, uh, to me, it was Lovecraft, and then diving back into his work and kind of mining for elements to uh, pull from. It was a lot of fun to uh, to write, and it really came uh, quite easy with <laughs> stealing them from the master. Now, uh, Robert and Sylvia, did you did you know Chad before the movie? Yes, I yeah, met we Chad. Did. We know we know him. I met Chad when <laughs> I was a young young girl when I first came to LA. I think I did a movie with him called "Someone's Knocking at the Door." That's when I first met Jen. And since then, I think we've done maybe four films together. I don't know. Yeah. Four or five. So yeah. Sylvia introduced me to Chad. She said, you got to meet this this director. I said, sure, I'd love to. Yeah. That's what I said? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that was it. I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> that's not what you said? No. How did it happen? I don't know. He was doing a movie. Horse. He was working on Horse. And that's how we got together. Long yeah. ago. Now, did you have them in mind when you were writing the uh, the movie? Oh, oh, yeah. No, they're always in mind. But I mean, mainly the uh, Robert uh, introduced me to Gina, 
to do another project. It was basically a female death wish. And she was trying to raise the money for that. Wasn't, wasn't having any, any luck. And she basically said, Hey, we, I've got this beach house. Why don't you write a cheap little slasher film and we'll, we'll shoot it here. So I wasn't really into doing a slasher film at the time, but I thought, you know, beach house, she sent me some pictures and that's when the whole Lovecraft idea came in. And I've always wanted to do a cult film. So it was like put in this cult worshiping, you know, Lovecraft and bada boom, bada bang. We were off to the races. She kept to her word and put up some money in the house and, you know, uh, beautiful house, great house. And it was just a, a really, you know, fun 10 day shoot and, out in Ventura, and it was, you know, really a lot of fun for everybody, I think. I know it seems like kind of common sense thing to, like, uh, if you have a place that you know beforehand that you can shoot at, to use that in the script. But, you know, that comes up a lot with independent uh, filmmakers. Like, you know, if you have look, you have a location in mind, you know, set the movie there. Oh, yeah, yeah and, if, and if you have actors in mind and all that stuff, it helps kind of, you know, it gives you a structure to kind of work within and know and you know your limitations from the get-go and you know which actors are game for pretty much anything like robert and sylvia or kelly or um you know tim muscatel you know people i've worked with before on other films you have kind of a a shorthand with them and they know what you mean by just a, a look on your face or you don't have to so you can move really fast and manage you know 10 15 pages a day and, and really knock it out of the park and you know that you're going to get a solid performance and have fun doing it so for me it, it also helps with a comfort zone because, you know, if you're thrown onto, you know, a million dollar set with nobody, you know, and you're, you know, there's a nerve, you get a little jingly there because you're dealing with so much money, but on a smaller scale with people, you know, and a fun atmosphere, I think it's more collaborative and more creative and you can come up with a better product, especially for the, the money you're spending. Now, uh, Robert, Sylvia, were you uh, familiar with Lovecraft's work before the movie? No, I was not. Actually, he started uh, ordering a bunch of books and started researching on it. And so we started talking about it, learning a lot about it. And yeah, uh, definitely glad I got to know um, H.P. Lovecraft and some of the stories, uh, where he comes from, how many horror films like is the base for. Yeah, or that's not what, just movies, but you know, a lot of a lot of books, you know, a lot of yeah, King books and, uh, that I had no idea. So. Yeah, I know it's remarkable the um, the writing and mythology, and the depth of it, and how how far that that mythology goes back, you know, to biblical times, you know, the um, where they worship Dagon, the Philistines, and this Israelites. Um, I found it fascinating. I really did, you know. Uh, uh, so much there and to, 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 to peel away. It's like, it was, you know, once you, you, you layer after layer, I mean, it's quite inspiring, quite. Uh, yeah. We talked about how he just gave it away for free. Like he, he died kind of poor. Yeah. He just, you know, and he was, and that everybody uses material. the inspiration to a lot of these, uh, these, uh, these horror films that we see today were inspired by Lovecraft. Yeah, and it's always been around, uh, but it seems like uh, the last few years, it, there's even more, you know, Lovecraft Country, the TV show, and, and some yeah. other movies. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's become Good more timing. Yeah. He's become more famous now than he was when he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre, yeah. Uh, Trista, do you have a question? Do any of you have any personal experience with hypnotism? What was the question? With who? Hypnotism. Hypnotism. Oh, yeah, I hypnotize myself all the time. No, I actually have. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm constantly hypnotizing oh, myself. <laughs> I thought it was a joke, but I don't No, it's true. It's true. Hey, I believe in neurolinguistics, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, uh, we are what we tell ourselves. So that's a, so, a sort of uh, hypnosis. So I've, I've done. I've, you know, I don't mean to be cute, but I believe that, you know. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You know. I've done no, that. For me, when I was writing the script, there's this great old show, uh, Hammer House of Horrors. And they had this great episode where the good guy is in this house and then the bad guy, this cult leader, comes to the door and he basically just immediately starts hypnotizing him just with the way he repeats his words in the speech. And the guy's just, you know, okay, pour me a glass of wine. Would you like wine? You know, and he's just totally under control. I'm like, that is so cool. 
And it just kind of spurred the idea of, you know, right then and there, let's get some hypnotism in this. because it's, <laughs> it's such a cool effect because it's one of those things where it immediately drawed me into that episode. And then you start remembering all the other films that had great hypnosis scenes or whatever it might be. And then you're just kind of like, oh, this is a neat added layer to the building blocks of this film. And then just a little detail where people who are really into hypnosis might be like, hey, that's a neat thing. And I may think the rest of the movie's shit, but I love that hypnosis stuff because it really, it got to something that I dig in. Like if you see a movie that has, for me, a cool classic car or something like that, and it's it's utilized properly and whatnot, then you're like, okay, I can at least appreciate the director or the writer or someone is a big fan of, you know, Citroens or Mustangs or whatever it might be. And you're, you're more gravitated to a movie that you might not necessarily dig, but you can appreciate certain elements within it that kind of draw you to it and you know, help your enjoyment of it. That's kind of my favorite uh, scene in the movie is the scene where we hypnotize uh, Johan and Sylvia, you know, she... Um, um, you mean on the boat? Yeah. On the boat, yeah, yeah. yeah. When uh, the, the Dagon comes from within her, it's a quite <laughs> wild scene. And when I read it, I said, Chad, how the heck are you going to do this? <laughs> Was it hard to pull off some of those scenes? Yeah, no pun intended. But it was quite a a scene, I thought. No, I mean, that was the first day of shooting, and the uh, worrisome thing was how um, Johan was going to take it because I never worked with him before. So it was one of those things where is this actor going to be cool with this, you know, deep throating this tentacle? He took it. Three of the things that were happening, I mean, you never know. They might just get on the set that day. They're all ready to go. And they might go, no, I don't think I want to do this. And then you have to fire them or do whatever you have to do. And uh, But he was so game about it and, you know, happy to do whatever we need and seemed to have a fun thing that was kind of – that attitude was infectious to everyone. They're like, hey, let, let's all just go for it. Yeah. And that set a great opening for the uh, first day of filming, and everyone kind of – took that attitude throughout the entire uh, shoot. Yeah, we actually hypnotized him, you know, so we, <laughs> yeah, maybe we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he snapped back since. <laughs> He's still hypnotized. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard yeah, from him. He, he still hasn't woken <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I really like about the movie is for the most part, you know, everyone's playing it very straight and there's a lot of weird stuff in the movie. And I think, you know, if, if the actors weren't playing it straight, you know, it could be a totally different kind of movie, you know, with, sure, with yeah. all the weird stuff going on. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, you know, like with um, originally the doctor character played by Tim was supposed to be by Ling and we were all set up to do it. And then she got a scheduling thing that changed. So he was a last minute replacement and it was like, well, do it and drag and all that. And so that was an experiment to see if that worked. And, you know, a fun one because I've worked with him before and I knew he'd be game for it and he'd show up and he'd try it. And, you know, that's he, he was so happy to do it. Just, Are you kidding me? <laughs> And he came with that attitude that, again, is an infectious thing where people say the actors, other actors see it and they're like, oh, this is a fun set or it's, you know, there's room for improv, improv and, you know, he's letting the actors, um, you know, be creative. And I think that's what also helps make it, you know, not, not necessarily to say that it was a grueling shoot, but when you're shooting 12 hours a day, 10, 12 pages, you have to kind of have an energy and ready to kind of jump into that, you know, both feet forward and. Everyone did, and it was a lot of fun. He said you never worked with Johan before, so how, how did he get involved? He's a, a friend of Gina's, and, uh, you know, she recommended him, and it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of actors like Robert or Sylvia will recommend another actor, and we'll take a look at him and see if they fit not only the role, but also kind of that attitude of the gung-ho willing to do kind of anything for a, for a character or for the piece, and you know, Johan was recommended and, but, you know, you always have fears because I still had, you know, worries about Gina because I never worked with her either. So it was just kind of feeling that out. And, you know, when he was great, I think that also helped her because, you know, who knows what people say? I mean, they're friends. So she, he could have said, Hey, I had a great time on the boat. Chad's not a piece of shit or whatever. And that kind of gives her a mindset to be more open where she could have been if she heard that I was a jerk or made him deep throat a tentacle and then raped him under the bottom of the boat. She might've had a different uh, game plan. Yeah. Well, for people to know that's in the movie, not just, you know, right, right. Un- un- <laughs> during the day or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tristan, do you have another question? 
I'd love to know what some of your favorite horror films are. Well, for me, I started with the, the original thing, like in the 1950s with the, what was it, uh, James Arness? I yep. thought that that was an amazing, amazing, amazing film at that time. And it's still, what a classic, you know, and so uh, just, just great. Aliens was another one, Exorcism, uh, uh, Omen. Um, you know, I just, I love it. I used to, I, my mother and I used to stay up at night and we would watch horror movies. My, my mother and I, we stay up and watch horror movies at night. We love Dracula and the, and the Wolfman, you know. So that's what we grew up with. I just, I, I started uh, this class and we had to watch a bunch of old horror movies. And I don't really know if you can consider it a horror movie, but Freak Show. Really, oh. really like Freak Show. It was like one of the first, I don't know, was it in the 30s or 40s when black and white film came out? With the Todd Browning? Freaks? Oh, Freaks. Oh, Freaks. Yeah. Is it Freaks or Freak Show? And then freaks. the director's career just down because he showed all those people that had like alarms or, and I thought, and they cut like 30 minutes out of the movie too, which is a shame. But to me, I don't know if you can consider that a horror movie, but sure. loved it. I want to do a remake of that with those kids that are on the uh, those commercials with the Shriners. One <laughs> of those kids with the yeah, maybe I shouldn't say. <laughs> but they've got their kids are actually, you know they're smaller kids they're in, they're whatever fine and pippin all fucked up whatever but they've got a great you know just image on those commercials for the hospital thing you know and and they just have a, a great um, charisma. And I'm like, these kids would be great actors for the right kind of thing. And what would be better than a Freaks remake? Oh, you like that movie. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, I remember you told me. Yeah. Just because it's not the everyday people you see all the time. So it yeah. was nice to see, like, wow, opening up that, that. But then never, yeah, his career kind of went down. But still. <laughs> it reminded me of Venice Beach. You know, yeah, the movie. Freak Show. <laughs> yeah. we have like a, like Sylvia said, though, because a lot of people don't know that it really was like the end of his career, that movie. Yeah, yeah it was. Like they and that they cut thirty minutes out of it. I wonder what in the thirty minutes was in. Right. Yeah, because back then they didn't. You know, now uh, everything everything saved and you know digital and you can you know put it on the uh, director's cut or something. But back then the stuff's just lost forever. But that's a funny thing with that with that lead actor in that film. I can't remember his name offhand, but years later he's in a film called A Patch of Blue, I believe, with Sidney Poitier. And it, I saw it the other day. It was just so amazing. And I kept thinking of this older actor playing, you know, the kind of this abusive uh, father of Shelley Winter's character. And I'm like, where have I seen this guy? And then you go on IMDb and it's like, oh, my God, he was the lead guy in Freaks. <laughs> he had a great career and he was just magnificent in this little movie that was just, you know, phenomenal. I mean, let alone Sidney Poitier is amazing. But having this actor that went from Freaks <laughs> to this other great kind of arty yeah. You know, racial, you know, blind girl with a black guy in the 19, uh, early 60s. It was really neat. And the connection with Freaks and all the things that, you know, this actor was associated with to this end of his career film that was, you know, highly praised and what. Very cool. Yeah. I don't think Chad answered. Do you, what, what are your favorite horror movies? Uh, you know, I would say, you know, Exorcist 3 is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Just because, and the amazing thing about that film. Amazing was, Brad Dorff performance. Amazing wow. Brad Dorff performance and the greatest jump scare ever in probably any movie. And I still to this day remember. Oh, with the nun and the. Uh... The nun. I was like 16 or 17 years old, drove a 1970 Ford Mustang, drove it 30 miles to the theater it was playing it, sat in that theater with no one else in there and jumped from the, <laughs> my seat to the ceiling with the nun, you know, cutting the head off with the shears. And still remember those smells and then walking to my car after. And it's amazing the impact of cinema that can do that from one particular movie or uh, numerous particular movies when you think about them. The remake of Night of the Living Dead had a similar effect. When you're a certain age and you're going on your own to films or whatever that strike a chord in you. And then, you know, 30, 40 years later, you're still, you know, hit with those images and thoughts is a pretty neat thing. But some of my favorite films, you know, Night of the Demon is a great one. Uh, House of Laughing Windows, uh, Zader. Uh, one of my favorite films, Sorcerer, is really not necessarily a horror film, but a remake of 
William Friedkin remade Wages of Fear, and it is phenomenal. If you haven't seen Sorcerer, run out, it'll, it'll blow your mind. I want to watch this. Rosemary's Baby, yeah. I should write them Rosemary's all down. <laughs> that's that's a classic. That that film still still stands up today. Is really to make quite a big inspiration for uh, the deep ones. I mean, that yeah. Was really... yeah, I don't give away the end, but yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I was thinking when I watched the movie. And I also wore the shirt for the movie. <laughs> Another inspiration of the deep humanoids. Yeah, humanoids from the deep. Yeah, great film. It is. Yeah, I grew up. It's a big <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, re- I recently just uh, read the book for uh, that a Legion. That's what uh, Exorcist Three is based on. Sure, sure. Mm. And I think that's actually a very rare instance where I like the movie version better than the book. Very Me rare too. that that happens, but but it's still uh, a great book. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think a part of it is the Brad Dorf uh, performance of the dia. It's the same dialogue, but his performance really puts it over the top. Yeah, Did great performance. Great performance. Yeah. Very good. Uh, how did uh, Kelly Maroney get involved? Uh, we had all worked with her on uh, The Exorcism at 60,000 Feet, and she was a lot of fun on that. And it was like uh, I wrote the, little, the part for her, not sure if she'd take it or not, but then called her up and she loved it and showed up, and <laughs> she was a lot of fun. So you, you mentioned like a lot of things you didn't know if people would be up for doing. Uh, w- were there any scenes that was were particular hard for anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an instant answer right away. Sylvia was yeah. Yeah, running around naked on the beach that was tough. Cold. But you know something? I saw her running on the beach naked, and I said to myself, "My God, that's an amazing shot." It didn't would, look like amazing. I mean, it's not pretty. It looked amazing to me. I mean, Maybe life, but not in the movie. I'm like, oh my! I God. love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the uh, the and shot. And then the other one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where where my eyes start to glow. Mm-hmm. That was difficult from the fact that I wasn't able to see for two hours and completely had to depend on people guiding me through. And somebody taping stuff on my head and my eyes and the eyes glowing. And then I had to throw up and had tentacles come out. That was kind of tough just because I couldn't see. So you really like have to, to, you know, depend on your other senses in that sense. But it's a cool scene. Yeah, yeah. Had you ever done any like prosthetics or makeup like that before? One time, yeah, I had to put my whole head in a prosthetic and the, the guy wanted to give me a straw to breathe out of and I freaked out. So he gave me the whole mouth to breathe. <laughs> did you ever see? But that's yeah. crazy. That's like water Yeah, I did that. I did that with scary. Phantasmagoria. Remember Phantasmagoria? Yeah. <laughs> I played Zoltan or something. And it was like, <laughs> they had me in a, that, you know, for, for hours putting that uh Did you put a cast yeah on? the cast on me like i couldn't i couldn't breathe yeah, yeah it was wild scary. yeah so uh, what what did you guys think when you saw the finished film i loved it i thought it was great i thought chad did an amazing job and fast yeah it was a lot of fun i i i was quite impressed it, actually it, the look of the film yeah, it, you know? it's interesting when you read it and then you end up seeing it and then some of the scenes you're like, yes. And other scenes like, wow, this is better than, you know. What you thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I fire just, thing, all that stuff. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, there were yeah. some surprises, yeah. Uh, Tristan, you have a question? Yeah, I'm always interested in horror creators' personal fears and phobias. Do you guys have anything uh, you feel comfortable sharing? Tentacles. Personal fears? Oh, God. Are we not going to finish on time? I don't know. No, no, no. Personal fears. That's my personal fear. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, personal fears. Heights. I hate heights. And I went zip lining and I was stuck because it was 19 zip lines through the jungle. So there was no turning around. Each platform was like a palm tree that would sway. And it was like 10 by 10. So that to me was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was right behind her. No, that was in Costa Rica. Oh, in Costa Rica? Where was I? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did <laughs> that help with the fear of heights, doing that? 
I will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe it, it heightened. Not nineteen lines in a row. <laughs> the, the the part being on the line was fine, but then unhooking, and then hooking yourself back on and walking up the steps, and I'm still in my head where I'm like, what if I don't hold myself right? What if I slip, and then I probably will, yeah, make myself slip or so. That part was tough. Uh, Chad, did you have a personal uh, fear? Uh, all my fears kind of went away a few years ago when I had to have a root canal at the USC dental school and I was in the dentist chair for eight hours and they didn't finish. And I had to come back the next day and get another eight hours and the Novocaine had worn off. So they were drilling into the, the other root that was still alive. (laughs) And I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to go through another eight hours. So I was just, you know, screaming inside while they finished it. And so after that, I've got no fears of anything. <laughs> They're all gone. Yeah. Maybe that could be the next movie, a dentist film. So. <laughs> yeah, another uh, Corbin Birdson dentist part four or something. Right, yes, yes. Those are I, I really like the score in the movie. Is that a theremin at the beginning and and, and uh some yes, other parts? Of course. You don't hear that too often, but it, it's great because it gives it that kind of like, you know, old school uh, 50s uh, sci-fi movie vibe. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of Richard Band, who, uh, you know, I begged uh, Corpsey Ryan to uh, pull him in to do the score on the other film we did, Exorcism at 60,000 Feet. He did that and we had a good relationship. And then I called him up, you know, and said, hey, would you get, you're the Lovecraft master. I mean, you've done like 20 Lovecraft films scores for him would you be interested in doing this? And he's like, send me the script. He liked the script and we were off and running. And one of my big things was we got to get a theremin in there. <laughs> and he's like, I'll see what I can do. And, you know, he, he found it and put it in and it was great. Yeah. But it gives I, you kind of that, you know, like you said, the old kind of fifties, you know, I don't want to say Ed Wood, but I guess the, the movie Ed Wood with Johnny Depp is the most well utilized theremin in any modern film, which is a, another huge, favorite film of mine it's just a magical film that you can watch over and over and you know, martin landau's performance is just magical and uh, so yeah. depths and you know jeffrey jones and all these people are just great and it has that total ed you know that edward energy combined with tim burton and it, it's just magical so but the score for that is great and the theremin it was another reminder that another thing when i was doing putting in the uh when i was doing the rough cut and putting in temp scores i pulled some you know from the theremin score in that film and threw it in there. So that also helped uh, Richard get a little inspiration for it. Now you mentioned Corpsey. I know Corpsey from uh, when I used to be at the conventions a lot and I would film stuff for, uh, for girls and corpses. Sure. Tell us some horror stories on him. Uh, It got me, it got me kicked off YouTube for like six months or some of the videos I put up on, but. uh, No way. Yeah. They were, they really weren't that bad, but but yeah, it was it was weird though. It was a Miss Dead Miss Dead pageant. It was like a beauty pageant at the horror conventions. They they really weren't graphic or anything, but they got me kicked oh. off YouTube for a while. <laughs> but uh, how do how uh, how was he involved in the movie? He uh, he had produced and written and starred with Robert and Sylvia in the film we did before this one, and actually. Uh, with the exorcism movie. And then we had worked with him before that on a film called parasites where he starred in it and threw in a little bit of money. And, you know, so we just had a good relationship with him. And then, you know, he, uh, I got him just uh, a little bit cameo in this one as the, uh, the Uber taxi driver that delivers them to the house in the beginning. And no, he's great. He's, he's fun to work with and has some great ideas. And, uh, which is hard to find in this my brothers he would tell the stories the very first convention we were at in 2011 days of the dead and he came up to me and he was like hey you look like a guy would 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 want to help me film some girls in body bags and i was like okay and then and then for the next couple of years i filmed stuff for him it was uh it was very strange but it was fun though sounds <laughs> like him <laughs> right right uh, speaking of Troy, I believe he is here with us. Oh, is that Troy Jones, that yeah. be brother, like my older brother here. With uh, yeah. I don't know if he can hear us. He's in hey, the air. Oh, there he is. 
Thanks, Roy. How you doing? I so just told the story you about uh, meeting uh, Corpsey from Girls and Corpses at uh, Stage of the Day. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Great. I'll yeah. always remember your reaction that day because he came over and we were sitting there and he was like, hey, uh, would you like to videotape uh, two girls making out in a body bag? And my baby brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. That never happened. No, so. no. I, I mentioned the body, the body bags, but in oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Story. And, well, you and, know what? The other film, and, he had two, two nuns making out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Neil, Neil thought about it, and being the good fellow that he was, he was like, "Yes, yes, I do." And took his camcorder and went away. Right, and then eventually, I got kicked off YouTube, but. But but we're all back here on YouTube. Everything. <laughs> yep. But I wonder why well, I mentioned too at the end. It says in memory of uh, Stuart Gordon, who obviously made a lot of um, Lovecraft movies. And uh, Joe Pilato was he gonna? Was he involved in the movie at all? Like in the beginnings? Uh, he was in a few of my films. The more recent one was Parasites, and then he was going to be in the Corpse Exorcism movie, playing the role that uh, went to uh, Bill Mosley. Oh, yeah. So it was one of those things where I remember, you know, another vivid memory of when we were starting pre-production on that. And I said, hey, Rob Corpsey, I need to have uh, Joe Pilato in this. And he'd be great as the uh, <laughs> the maniacal ex-Vietnam possessed, you know, ghost zombie guy. And he's like, OK, go ahead and, you know, get it to him. And Joe had, was in the hospital at the time. So I remember driving the script over to the hospital giving him the script in the hospital, you know, and he's, he's all messed up on drugs and he, he's walking around, his ass is showing through the robe. And it's just like, hey, I love the script kid. It's great. It's like, I can't wait to do it. It's awesome. <laughs> and right. And then he had gotten out of the hospital and right where we were about to start filming, he's like, you know, I got, I'm called me up. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I got to, I got to back out of this. I'm just not feeling up to speed. And, he, and I'm like, Joe, it's like, it's, it's a couple days. We'll get you in and out. If you have to shit in a bucket, it's fine. We'll, we'll have the bucket right next to you. You got to do this. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I can't. And then, you know, he died shortly after, but it was one of those things I kept hoping just do it <laughs> because then you're left with one last, you know, hurrah. And I think that's the great thing about film and no matter what situation you're in health wise, if the opportunity arises, you should jump on it you might never know if you'll make another one and for me personally that's the way i look at it. i mean i could die tomorrow from you know smoking too many cigarettes or whatever it might be but at least every day i've spent whether it's writing a script or doing whatever is trying to get that off the ground and when the opportunity arrives jump on it and do it but i always just felt bad that it didn't come through with joe because he was such a fun guy and really not recognized as the great actor he is. I mean, talk about a scene stealer. I mean, anything that guy Joke on it. Yeah, day of the day. Yeah. With such gusto, and he was just so fun to work with. And you know, it's one of those things of you know, I'll never forget. You know, he had a little apartment in Glendale, and when uh, we did Parasites, and I had to drop it, pick him up, and drop him off each day for filming. And you know, his apartment was full of all this, you know, Day of the Dead memorabilia and all this stuff, and you know his coffee table's full of all these prescription pills and all this stuff and he's chain smoking american spirits while cnn is blaring on the television it's one of those again like the the exorcist three story of moments of you know things that just stick in your mind and you know i'll never forget his trump hating uh voice on his answering machine when you call his phone and all these different things of just what a, you know a character he was and that's one thing that's really you know he lived you know, he may not have been, you know, like you say, with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft dying penniless and whatnot, you know, Joe, Joe's kind of that same way. Of, but he lived a life that he seemed to have a really good time doing it. And, uh, I just wish that we could have got the last one uh, yeah. with him on it, too, because he just he would have been great in it. Well, one of my favorite interviews is a few years ago uh, we had him on. It was like a three hour interview. And he's like you said, a, a very much a character. And it was just a fun uh fun time talking with him and it was all over the place yeah and it's one about a movie then he go on a political rant and it was right. yeah. but that's the thing that i you know i loved about him because it was one of those things you know politics in this day and age have people you know divided in two things where you know joe and i didn't have the same political beliefs at all complete polar opposites but i loved the guy and i was able to listen to 
his side of it and give my side of it and whatever we thought and try to meet in the middle and say, hey, well, at least we can agree on that. That sucks. Yeah, taxes suck or whatever it might be. And not, you know, hate each other or never want to work with each other again or cancel culture or do whatever they can to get rid of you. It was one of those things you just like you find a common thing and that's a love for cinema or acting or directing, whatever it might be. And you come together and those are the things you meet on. And the politics, you just, you know, you can argue and have fun with it or all you want. But remember the one thing that everyone can enjoy that's in this game. And that's, you know, love. So uh, I know it, it played sitches. Uh, did it go? How many festivals did, did it go to? I guess probably like 12 or 14. It played, you know, the Lovecraft Festival, which the previous year had played Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space. So that Oh, that in Rhode Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts. It's pretty close to me. Oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. a great fest. And, it has you know, a great name, the Necronomicon. <laughs> right, right. And they were really nice. And, you know, a lot of it played Grimfest in the UK and uh, AFI Fest. It, it, it bounced all around for a while. And then, uh, the, but the Sitges was the biggest one that got a, a lot of distribution interest. And, you know, that, that paid off quite well. That's Harrison. Did uh, Robert, Sylvia, did you get to go to any of the uh, the festivals that played at to see it with an audience? You mean the deep ones, right? We're talking about the deep ones, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I think it's because COVID. We couldn't. Uh, yeah, right. It's a totally different time. Yeah, this mm-hmm. last year. But some of them, you know, they did the split thing where they'd have, like in Germany, it played the hard line. They had like, you know, 50 people in the theater and then they split it also with the online thing and but, it, you know, all of them, there was one festival and a couple in Ireland, actually, that were like, oh, if this COVID wasn't going around, we would have flown you and the whole cast out. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. are you kidding me? Is that an excuse? Because, you know, I, really, I can't imagine flying us all to Ireland, but it sounded good. And you're like, oh, it's not damn COVID. Yeah. But we're going to go to the drive-thru. Oh, drive-ins, yeah. Driving. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very cool. I yeah, know, that, no. you know that they came back last year. Uh that Tristan went to a couple. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I think they had it. They took the the distributor took the idea that the wretched did so well last April or whatever it was. They're kind of like, hey, let's try to mirror that. And I'm like, sure, that'd be great. You know? Yeah. So, what's the feedback been like? Uh, you know that you've heard from the. I know you weren't there because you know they were virtual. But what was the feedback from the audience at the uh, festivals? Well, you know, the festival directors are always say, hey, everyone loved it and whatever. But, you know, you go online and you, the comments are 50-50 or whatever. Even though it gets really great critical reviews, comments from uh, audience who have seen it uh, is split down the middle of, you know, for whatever. Reason. That's just how the Internet is, though. People yeah. either say they – some people won't even watch them. They just absolutely hate it or, or they love it. It is weird. There's not too many people that are – think something's good or okay that's either they it's like the worst thing they've ever seen or the best <laughs> thing they've ever seen right someone will say the worst acting ever yeah, the worst cinematography the worst this and then another person will say the greatest acting the best cinematography or whatever and it's just like uh, okay for me a good it's a time a good of extremes review. yep <laughs> for me a good bad review well written is just as good as a you know a shitty well written review if that makes sense yeah yeah, before we went live, uh, Chad told me he has he's waiting to do an interview where where the person said they hated the movie, but so far apparently it hasn't happened. But, Bring it on! Yeah. I think they, I, you know, even if they did, they're probably not going to tell you what they're they're interviewing. I think. Well, I guess it depends what the outcome of it is. If you can have again, it goes back to the political thing. If you can have uh, something that's entertaining or you know, interesting within that banter, I guess it's okay. But if it just becomes like a shout fest or, you know, I don't care either way. It doesn't matter to me. It's over and done with. For me, the you know, I really appreciate these interviews and I'd walk across broken glass to do them. But the movie itself, once I finish editing and it's, it's you know, playing festivals, I'm just so done with it that I really don't, you know, until years later, will I watch it again and kind of see it with, fresh eyes but I've, I've seen it so much that it's hard to really connect and then you know I, I we're on to another film now so it's it's just it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's a fond memory and enjoyable to talk about it but it's one of those things where I wouldn't you know go murder someone for writing a bad review or anything. well that's good that's good we don't want any murders hey there's a movie there <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I know, uh, Robert had mentioned at the beginning uh, when I met, said old ones that that was a sequel. Is there plans to do a sequel? Yes. Uh, right after this one, you know, we actually uh, had a lot, some really good offers. One was from Grindstone Lionsgate. And their deal wasn't as good as the deal we went with. I'll just say that. But the idea, and they weren't going to release it until mid 2022. So it was kind of one of those things where you, you weigh it, but the I, but I thought, you know what, let me whip out a script that we could shoot and fill that void that they would pick that the part two up instead and release it in 2022. But I, you know, and I wrote up the script and it's called the old ones and it's a, it's a blast. It's completely, you know, <laughs> the polar opposite of the deep ones where it kind of just gets in more of the uh, mythos of the old ones and the, you know, other, other uh, Lovecraftian characters. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we're hoping we'll try to get done this year, but, you know, it's, it's ready to go. So. Robert and Sylvia will be involved? Yes, of course. We saw the, and, we saw and, a cat appearance there. I don't know. And, what... and, and Kelly Maroney's also in there. Oh, very good. Very good. And Corpsey. And Corpsey. All right. Excellent. <laughs> One big happy family. And Yafet Kono was going to be in it. I was even in talks with him, but he, he just passed away. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Uh, what's the cat's name, by the way, that we just saw? Rosalie. Rosalie. Oh, very nice. Very pretty cat. Two black cats, yeah. Romeo and Rosalie. The eyes were glowing like, like Sylvia in the movie. Yeah. She totally steals the show. Yeah. Whenever I'm on a Zoom, she usually is like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Trista's cat earlier, too. I yeah. She... I was wondering what that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a cat. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Was it a white one? White, yeah, black. white with little black spots. She's in bed now. Otherwise, I would uh, reintroduce her to you. She, she's older. She she doesn't want me to bother her. <laughs> are, you, are you an actress, Trista? I am, yes. Oh, good. I think I've seen you in something. I... Oh, well, I hope you liked it. <laughs> I would recommend Echoes of Fear. Ah. Thank you. Yes. And also Queen of the Dead, which is was just added on YouTube. People can check that out a short film. Great. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yeah. Are you in that Queen of the Dead? Krista? I am the Queen of the Dead, yes. <laughs> Queen of the Dead. I see. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now we have to check it out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'd love that. Oh yeah. Do you have a question, Trista? Queen of the Dead yourself? I do, yeah. Do you guys have any? I thought we should just call Trista from now on. Just yeah. <laughs> do you have any questions, Queen of the Dead? Like you could call me Queen for sure. I'm flexible. All right, Queen works. Her Majesty, <laughs> Your Majesty, do you have a <laughs> Majesty? That's great. <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement. So, um, my question is: Do you guys have any advice for aspiring creators? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, think for yourself. You know, there's no finish line. That's what you usually say. Yeah. Keep uh, going. Yeah, just keep going. Right. Keep going. Keep keep doing. You know, keep learning. Uh, keep yeah. For, for me, it's just you know, if you if you love something, whether it's acting or writing or directing, you know, just do it. And don't let anyone tell you you can't do it, no matter the budget, no matter anything. And then you'll you'll eventually find your niche, and whether that's a big budget thing or a small budget thing or whatever it is, as long as you're having fun doing it and getting better at it each time, then I think you're succeeding. If you just put a goal that's you know I've got to be you know Zack Snyder, you know next year, I think those things can kind of limit not only where you should be going, but where it, it just kind of hampers you. And one of the, th the greatest things is and, and relish the moments of whether it be, whether it be finishing a script or a short film or whatever it is, relish those moments and that excitement within that. Like, you know, when we, when I finished the script of the old, the deep ones, it's like, this is great. I love it. It's the greatest thing ever. Or the thing. And, and then you see, it's like, oh, maybe it's not that great when it gets rejected or it gets this from other actors or whatever it might be, or, just, or a festival turns the film down or whatever it would be. But then another one picks it up and it's kind of just relishing those moments where, it got into this or that or whatever. And a perfect example of something that you would think would you would never do, we're making this film right now called uh, The Night Caller, and we're casting. 
And we've got uh, Steve Rails back in the film with Robert Miano and Sylvia, and it, it should be a lot of fun. But the idea was we had to fill a role for Steve's character's father in like a flashback. And I'm like, let's try to get James Woods. James Woods and Steve Railsback did their first film together called The Visitors, directed by Elia Kazan. And it's a nasty little piece. Of it. It's just a fun little film in a nasty way. But uh, I was like, Robert, let's, let's try to get James Woods. He's kind of blacklisted and he's got plenty of money. He wouldn't be doing it for the money. He'd be doing it for the love of acting. And, and the idea of working with, you know, a sort of reunion with Steve Railsback, you know, 50 odd years later. Let's give it a shot. Most people wouldn't say, hey, we're making a $100,000 film. Let's try to get, uh, you know, James fucking Woods. But what does it hurt? What's the worst they can say? is No. So Robert, you know, got a hold of his agent and the agent said, send the script and the offer. They looked at the script. They <laughs> so if for, and for a moment before they said no, they were seriously looking at the script and the project. And that 24 hours or 28 hours or whatever it was, there's just such an excitement that you're like, holy shit, James fucking Woods might be doing this movie for a one day shot saying some of the nastiest stuff in the world to his, you know, care to his, uh, to Steve Rails back. And it's like, it's for, so for me, no matter what level I'm at, you know, in this in Tinsel town, there are great moments where you're like, okay, this could be this. And for those brief moments, you're like, just relish those fun things of what could be's and the maybes and the, you know, the gold at the end of the rainbow, because, you know, one day in cosmically, it might all come together and you'll get exactly what you wanted. And, and that's, you know, the advice, oh, bliss. And wait for it because, you know, it'll, it'll eventually come. And whether that's, you know, the greatest script you've ever written or the greatest performance you've ever done or the greatest uh, scene you've ever directed, it's, it's wait for it and it'll come if you love doing it, you know? Yeah. So you guys have done a lot together. Uh, was it the first time you guys started working together? Like there was chemistry there? What was it? What did you say? The first time we started working together was there chemistry there. So oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, Chad is just so easy to work with. It's uh, some people are not as easy to work you know, with. Yeah, so yeah. this is like, it's a good marriage or even like we, we produced parasites together and, it was so easy. There was no, you know, a lot of times it can get very tricky when you produce something with somebody and then you never want to produce with them again because of whatever the experience might have been. See, I think Chad is very active friendly. You know, he's very um, organic in the way he works. So when you're on the set with him, he allows, he gives the actor the space to explore and create, you know, without giving them any kind of results. So you're, so you're, you're, you're in this, uh, he creates a safe space for his actors. So you feel like you can really, you can, you know, you can explore the, the character and, and discover things that you, you didn't know the, that you didn't know were there. So he's, uh, in that regard, that's why the chemistry worked with Chad, because uh, it's easy to work with him as an actor where other, other directors. I think, some, I think we make a good team, though. I really think we make a good well, team. Well, that's why. Together. I like, think, you know. You're good in whatever. Chad is amazing whatever. Maybe I can, like, help know. between here and there. But if he was a director that, you know, imposed his, you know, well, it's got to be like this and you got to do it like this, then then it takes the fun and joy out of out of the process, out of that. Right. It takes for the, the fun for out the, of acting. For the acting, you know, for the actor. Yeah. So that's why uh, the chemistry, it, it clicked right away, you know, when he, you know, he just let us roll, man. It's and, a marriage. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> now, we mentioned tentacles and eyes and stuff a few times. So who, who did the effects in the movie? Uh, James uh, Olja did the effects. Oh, yeah. I know. Him. He's been on the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. And I've known him since, you know, the trauma days. And, you know, it's one of those things where we finally got something to work together on and he was a blast and uh you know it was it was one of those things where we just i said you know here's some ideas because there's so many different dagon uh deep ones imagery on the internet and even some of um lovecraft's own drawings of dagon and cthulhu and whatnot and i sent those to him and let's let's do something like that combined with you know uh chud because <laughs> i love the girl glowing i'm a big fan of chud too <laughs> yeah so some people think it's so bad it's good. I actually think it's a good movie. Cannibal, oh, it's a good movie. Cannibalistic yeah. Human Underground Dwellers. Yes. Right. No, it's a great movie. And it's William Hurt, right? Is it William Hurt? 
Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Really a great cast all around. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the home alone guy. Uh, yeah. Actually, if it's uh, two of the guys from home alone, they, then <laughs> they go on to maybe it's the, they play themselves again in home alone. Things go downhill <laughs> after the chud and start robbing <laughs> homes. I don't know. Joe Pesci, wasn't he in Home Alone? <laughs> yeah, he's not in Chud though. But it's uh, yeah, I wish <laughs> that that would be something if uh, if Joe <laughs> Pesci was in Chud. <laughs> but uh, Jim Ojala, uh, his movie Too Strange Nature" that came out a couple of years ago, I think was his first. Sure. I think his first time he directed. It was a really good movie. First yeah, directed no, feature. Anyway. No, it's actually distributed by the same company. Uh, I have what's the name of it. Robert uh, Stu's company, I have ITN. ITN distributes parasites as well. So, oh, I see. We're in oh, bed with the same distributor. Who else? actually pays? Checks come in the mail from him. So, ITN. <laughs> I mean, that's something that comes up a lot with independent filmmakers. You know, you have to, you know, especially uh, people starting out, you know, they might sign with somebody who, you know, they don't ever see any money from. Right. Yeah, More times than not. Right. <clears throat> so where well, can people go on sorry we had this we had that same problem with uh parasites it played you know fantasia and was getting all this great fast buzz and the timing was great and there was a little bidding war after fantasia and the company that paid or was supposed to pay more money up front we went with them and then they didn't pay and then they put the movie out and then we had to sue them and one and then get the rights back and that's how it ended up going with Stu in the long run but at first it was basically destroyed by this company who you know picked it up didn't pay put it out and really because once a movie's put out it's pretty much gone because you can't really re-release it once it's thrown out there and that's what they did and we had to sue them and it was a nightmare and you know they're still 108 Media is the company and they're true scum of the earth. So anyone should stay far away and I can send you the court papers where we won if you have any doubts on the validity of the... Uh, I heard there is a Facebook page that they list all the distribution companies that you should stay away from. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah there is. I yeah. forgot what the name of it was, but I'm sure it's easy to find and they just list everybody like, do not go with them, they're scumbags. <laughs> Very good. No, before you go yeah. with somebody, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Tristan, you have another question? Do you guys have any other upcoming projects you'd like to plug? Yeah, we're getting ready to do one uh, in a couple of weeks called uh, Nightcaller. In two weeks, we start. Huh? Oh, when? Yeah. It's yeah. a thriller, you know, with, with, all, all of us. with Steve Rails back and uh, Sylvia and. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited about this, uh, about making this one. I, I love the script. I love the story. Uh, I think this, this is going to, uh, um, uh, I think people are going to, you know, recognize this one. I think it, it has some legs, you know, it's, um, I love it. I, I really can't wait to get, get started color. with it. The, you know, Nightcaller. Very cool. Looking forward to that. It would be cool to have you guys back when Nightcaller is uh, coming yeah, out. Absolutely. So is there a place people can follow the deep ones to see, you know, uh, where they can see it? Yeah, there's a Facebook page. And if you go on IMDb, it's got all that, the links to all that jazz. And, you know, if you just put in HP Lovecraft, the deep ones, or Chad Barron, deep ones, Robert Miano, deep ones, on a, a search, you'll be able to find all the the junk for it yeah <laughs> but you know that they say it's opening you know on april 23rd at select drive-ins and theaters so uh you know we'll see that what the, uh, how the audience thinks of it <laughs> yeah i think that that sounds like a fun time seeing at the drive-in yeah no i think it'd be great that should be fun i want to do like a william castle thing and have the fire dancer there and the guy in the big on girls and <laughs> Yo, Johan can deep throat a tentacle. Uh, wouldn't that be great? I'd go to that. Well, I'm not not running around naked. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but Robert might might enjoy that. Well, there is a girl. I'm sure she'll do it. Yeah, we have one that'll do it. We have some. Yeah, she'll do it. 
So she couldn't wait to do it. Yeah, actually. <laughs> one girl. She, she couldn't wait to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew it. Let me add it. She said, I, uh, uh, uh. I had the beautiful body. Uh, how about each of you individually? Uh, any place to follow you guys? Online? Uh, oh, Instagram. I don't, I, don't, I don't get on it. He doesn't know how it works, but he's on Facebook as well. Yeah. All right. Sometimes he's better has... off without it, I think. But... Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Chad, do you have yeah. a Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. anything you people? Yeah, I've, I, I guess I, you know, I play on Twitter recently just for the festival things where I found out, you know, it is a good tool to just kind of retweet reviews or do all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's S K A T D at to Twitter or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I'd set it up originally when we did Someone's Knocking. Back I was like, wait, I know those initials. Someone's <laughs> knocking at oh, the door. Oh, okay. But it's just, you know, Chad Barron, Twitter. It's any of those things, you'll find me on that. Or okay. Facebook is also another thing. You know, it's one of those, you know, not that I enjoy doing them, but <laughs> the great thing with Twitter is there are some interesting things. And if you follow some of the great things about cinema, there's just some neat things if you just kind of do it right and not let it you know obsess over it to control you or whatever but you know it's good it's a good way for indie films to get you know the word out there and uh, yeah you know, especially with the festivals and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. cool. where, where do we see this interview uh without your head.com or on <laughs> youtube.com slash without your head <clears throat> and then it'll be on uh, a yeah. podcast too for if for people just want to listen to the audio version but the video will be up on uh, YouTube and on the website. Without your head. Without That's your it. head, yep. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We love it too. And uh, uh, so it's been great having you guys on. A real quick plug this Saturday on our Facebook group is Severed Limbs 5. It's our short film festival. We, this is our fifth one we've done. Troy's wearing the shirt. <laughs> Easter headhunt. We've got over 30 short films. It's free to watch. So people come in, interactive chat. It's a lot of fun. So guys, yeah. check that out. Starting at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And uh, check out The Deep Ones at uh, Drive-Ins uh, the 23rd. And then in June, it'll be on Video On Demand. Yes. Wow. Thanks, Neil. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you guys. You, Take everybody. care, everybody. Good Bye. luck. Bye. Bye.